Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. Here in the month of July, we've been calling it the TSF Hall of Fun series, in which we're bringing back some of our very favorite episodes from over the years for you to enjoy and listen to. And man, I love hearing that y'all are loving them, too. Some of you have been around since day one of the podcast, so you'll remember when these episodes first happened, and maybe there's some of your favorites, too. But there are lots of you who are new around here, and so we thought this month would be such a fun time to share some of the best episodes you may not have heard yet. Also, you guys, are you going through the Gospels with us over on Let's Read the Gospels? Tuesday, we start a new month of reading the Gospels together, and we are going through the message. We got to do this version back in April, and we really loved it. Y'all really loved it. But this time, we'll read the four Gospels in a different order. So we'll read about three chapters a day, get through all four books in 30 days. Maybe August is your opportunity to start a new rhythm by starting your days in the Gospels. 15 minutes a day may be just the daily deep breath that you need. And if you're like me, it helps to keep me on track knowing somebody else is doing it. So for starters, you know there are thousands of us doing it together. But you can also invite your friends to join us. Share the Let's Read the Gospels Instagram post with them or shoot them a text or an email. Who else in your life might enjoy going through the Gospels with you in August? I cannot wait to start this new round with y'all. So today on the Hall of Fun episode, you get to hear my conversation from episode 216 with my friend Joe Saxton. She's one of your favorites and mine. And this one takes us right back to 2020 as I recorded this episode in my guest bedroom in my house while we were all staying at home during the pandemic. Gosh, can you believe that season of our lives, you guys? Joe and I definitely talk about what it was like to deal with all the changes and pivots that year. She had a new book at the time called Ready to Rise, and we talk a lot about it. It is so good, you guys. If you have not read it, this is a good one for you to pick up for your summer reading. Joe is so full of wisdom. She makes me laugh. She always speaks truth over us. I just love friends like that. So here is my TSF Hall of Fun conversation from April 23rd, 2020 with Joe Saxton. Are you just doing like a billion interviews right now? Like yeah. a book launch? Yeah, so, I mean, it's a surreal. <laughs> Launching a book in a whole new landscape. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> 
Okay, so do you remember last year you really spoke a word over my life that it was time to do some pivot moves for me professionally and Mm -hmm. ended up being personally as well. It was a real word from God through you. Oh, we use the word all the time. It's one of our like key words at the office because it was so on point for what God's saying to us. But tell me, what does it look like you're having to pivot right now Yeah, in the middle of a pandemic and you're launching a book? How do you do that? I mean, I think there have been multiple things. I think I've, one, given myself permission to feel all the feelings yeah. that it takes. I think there, there was one day when I was with my team and I just wept and I said, I'm weeping for the losses and the losses of how I thought things were going to be. I wept for, I said, and I guess there are big things and small things. We had a tour plan. There were events planned. And I'm an extrovert like you. Yeah, so like being yeah. with people and I love the chance. I mean, I love all the things I get to do, but I love the chance to talk to someone eye to eye. And I yeah. said, I'm grieving that loss. And then there are the, fi- then there are the other losses. One of my trips was to England, which means I would see my family yeah. and my family were in isolation. Do you know what I mean? And then um, yeah. I have a niece in Hong Kong. And so there's this kind of this well, this groundswell and this welling up of, of just the grief of the losses, even whilst knowing that my, um, and, I, and I'm not doing the your loss is better than that loss, but at the same time, having perspective that there are still so many things that are wonderful. Man, how do we, that is such a challenge that we've all been doing for weeks mm-hmm. of giving ourselves permission that the things that suck really suck yeah, and are really sad, but we are not, none of, none, nobody in my life is worst case scenario today. Yes, totally. And I think there has been that sense for me that I, there's that bit in the Bible which talks about God storing our tears in a bottle and being aware yeah. of those most vulnerable parts of our life. And so I'm like, okay, this matters to you. But I am still going to recognize, like my kids are home and they've got Chromebooks where they're doing online school, which takes them appro- approximately 35 minutes to do a day. A day. Yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm also keenly You're aware. Like, what are the teachers doing I'm all like, day? Oh, on now. No, no, no. They're doing a lot. They're doing I'm like, a lot. And I'm feeling for these teachers who are sending out emails. And I'm like, God bless you. I Your know. spring break was a joke. And yeah, that, right, and right. God bless you for this. You are not paid enough. You never were. Yep. And now... I'm advocating. But at the right. same time, I'm keenly aware that that's in our part of the city. That's in our district. And that even in the place where I grew up, that would not have been a viable option. So it's these. So some of the lament is, oh my gosh, it's terrible. And this is terrible for everybody in so many yeah. agonizing ways. And so I think yeah. one of the things in terms of launching the book has been feel your feelings and accept your realities. And, um, but also... I think like you, explore the thing of what does it look like to, to launch things, anything, whether it's job, because you and I know in, in the sphere in which we're in, the books correlate often with events. Uh-huh, and so, uh-huh. so those are gone. And it's like, okay, what does it look like to embrace this change and operate in, a, in the light of a world that no longer exists? So you're navigating a new way and navigating new ways of doing things and new ways of feeling. And, and I think, to be honest, all of us have had crisis points where we've had to do something differently. And so I've, mm. I've drawn courage from that, that there are times in our lives when you have to do something differently. And I've kind of looked back at the people I've respected who've had to do things differently and, um, and, there are, and parts of the Bible that I've really drawn. And there were two things that stood out to me. One was in Jim Collins' book, you know, Good to Great, um, the one that was on every church yeah. bookshelf for many years. And mm-hmm. he talks about um, the Stockdale paradox and this guy, James Stockdale, who was a prisoner of war. And he was um, in Vietnam and he talks about how he had this paradoxical view. One, 
a brutal, honest look at the circumstances and then hope that something good could come from this. And um, James Stockdale's perspective was, he said it was the optimists who died first. Um, he goes, because mm. they died of a broken heart. They'd be like, we're here till Christmas. We're here till Thanksgiving. We'll be home by Easter. And it was that yeah. kind of, yeah, you're going to get through this without any reality. Whereas he was like, this right. is terrible. This is devastating. And this is hard. But, and I think that helped me kind of say, you know what, this is tough. And this is, this is difficult. This is not yeah. what I planned and what my team and I, this is not the things I prayed into. This is not the world I prepared for. However, now, what does it look like to see what else could happen? And we'll, we'll go where the grace is and we'll go where the opportunity is. And, and you were beginning to think in different ways anyway. So yeah, it's far faster than I thought. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, right. not, it's not quite on the time scale that I was planning, but we're here. And for as long as we're here, then there's something to work with. And I, I glean, glean so much hope from what you're saying, because in the same way that I've gotten a lot of hope from people giving me permission mm -hmm. of no one's ever done this before. Yeah. So, so be mm -hmm. gracious with your feelings, be gracious yes. with your decisions, be gracious with your people. Cause no, there is no, you know, 1397 is the last time there was a plague like I this, mean. you know? And so there's, we don't know what to do, but at the same time, I, I hear so much hope in you saying like, no, everyone has done something in a situation that you didn't know how to do. Absolutely. I mean, the breakup that you thought was going to end in marriage. You know, I mean, you had plans for the per that person and that relationship yeah. and that. And you, and you had conversations even and your families had gotten ease with one another and then it's over. Or the, the career plan that you hoped to have and then you didn't get the grade. Or the house yeah. you'd hoped to buy and you imagined that your family or the family you thought you'd have and then the doctor diagnoses you and says, look, actually, biological children may not be in your future. All of us have had to, you know, the job promotion, all of these things. And yeah, they're small things, but they're still genuine losses which rearrange yeah. our landscape, you know? And what have you found to be true about, I mean, how do you reconcile the prayers you and your team and your publisher all prayed and believed about the timing of when this is all supposed to happen and what's actually happening? I think I've reconciled it, but probably because life happens to us all, you know, life mm. happens to us all. Yeah. And I don't, and I'm loved as much as anybody else. And so therefore, why do I get a, Hey Joe, you're one of my favorites. So, uh, I'm gonna make this especially easy for you <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> right. kind of thing. I think there's part of that. And there is a sense of it's not over yet. And it may, and, yeah. and I, I think we have a God of the long view. It's, it's still here. It's in a position where, and, and there are certain things within the book where I'm like, huh? So maybe I wouldn't have talked about that chapter as much, but oh, now this one is actually really relevant. There are certain things about it where I'm like, wow, I'm really thankful I told that story, or wow, I didn't expect that to be relevant yeah. now. And it's like it may take longer, it may be different, but that's okay. That's okay. It's like okay, I want to do John five nineteen. It's Jesus talks about doing what he sees the Father doing, and I'm like, I yeah. thought I knew what you were doing. I thought you were doing what we were doing. <laughs> I thought you were doing yeah. what we were doing. I thought yeah. we were all in this, but now there's some mystery here and it may cost me in ways that mm. I, I mean, and you know, as, as with many people around the world, professionally, things have cost them financially and, and there's a vulnerability there. It may cost them time and energy and sleepless nights, but I do believe in redemption as well. And, yeah. and, and a redemption doesn't have to look like a comeback. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't have yeah, to look, redemption doesn't look yeah. like a comeback. It looks like redemption. And, and that's what I'm looking towards and pursuing and, 
and saying, okay, well, let's, let's deconstruct. There is something, I mean, of course, blame the Gen X woman that I am. There is something uh-huh. about me which does find distinct appeal in deconstruction as well. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, don't we all? Don't we all? It's like, right. tear this baby apart and let's see what emerges. That's right. That's and, right. You know, and I think partly from just my faith background, my church journey over the years and stuff, have felt as, as I looked at the landscape, this wasn't sustainable for all. And so if we can see a world emerge, which is more equitable, which acknowledges what people do in a different way, then that's not a terrible thing either. Yeah. I, one of my favorite parts of the resurrection story is when Jesus is talking to Mary and she thinks he's the gardener. Mm. And and she says, what have you done with his body? Just tell me where they've taken it. Mm -hmm. Because it's just such a good reminder to me that resurrection doesn't look like life. Yes. Like, he didn't so look good. like Jesus to her, right? So, so when when God restores and redeems and resurrects, it doesn't mean you're going to get the thing you had before the death. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? I, and I so love I just, that. How does that play into, uh, because I mean, you know, you've been on the show a couple of times. We mm-hmm. love having you here. You oh, preach your guts you. out when you're with us. <laughs> thank and you. It, it, and that's what it's like to be friends with you. I mean, to be friends with you is to be friends with someone who can always bring the right word at the right time, but you've, all, but this is also a death yeah. season. <laughs> it definitely is. It's, it's a, right. it's a death to dreams. It's a death, like you say, to expectations. It's a death to resources and all of that. And I, but I, you know, the thing I have seen, and I think again, to many of your listeners, and I know for your story, death is, death is not the end. It precedes new yeah. life. And, yeah. and so I, I think there are some, so there's been a stripping away. What I've been pleased to see in, as I've been wrestling with this and, and there have been tears and there has been kind of frustration yeah. and that. And in the wrestling, it's like, okay, let me come back to basics again. Let me come back to b- the basics of my faith and the basics of this moment with God. And, and I kind of, I've been hanging out. I know you've been hanging out in Matthew for a while and I've been hanging out in yeah. Matthew. And I, I was struck by two, I was tra- struck by Matthew chapter 14 and, and just this kind of whiplash of a journey it is. It begins with, <laughs> it begins with Jesus learning that John the Baptist has been murdered, his cousin and him pulling away and mm-hmm. then people wanting to spend time with him and the demands of the crowd pulling him and feeding 5,000 people, walking on water. And I was struck by one, the demands of just how demanding it is and how much capacity you need in these demands. And it's like in these demanding moments that we face, there is a time to dig deep. Yeah. And to draw on our deepest resources, draw on the faithfulness of God, even when we've not, not known it or felt it or not understood it and haven't been able to articulate it and draw on the mm-hmm. good people in your life. I, I was struck by looking at it. I was, I was r- reminded of the part where he feeds the 5,000 families and the disciples are like, send them home, send them to villages because that'll help them out. And it was sensible. The sensible thing yeah. was to send these thousands of people home. And Jesus was like, no, you feed them. And he's like, we ain't got nothing to give them though. <laughs> We've got, we've got a bit. And he's like, no, but that's enough. And and I, and it made me think actually in these, in these moments, these vulnerable feelings that we have, these vulnerable offerings can go a long way, you know, whether it's the phone call to a neighbor, whether it's the text message to somebody you've not checked in on for a while to say, Hey, you okay? Can I drop something off? Is there anything I can do for you at this time? And I thought actually that's important right now. That's important right now. How can I serve my neighborhood? How can I serve my street, my kids, my kids' friends, their families at this time? How that's, that's primary in this moment. And then I, then the other one that struck me at the end of it is when Jesus and Peter are having that conversation in the storm. 
Uh-huh. And um, and, geez, and it's and John's account is like they've been rowing for three or four miles in this storm, so they are they are at the end of themselves, just yeah. completely spent. And Jesus comes in the middle of the night, and Peter's like, "If this is you, tell me to come." Which I think is a real ridiculous thing in the first place. I'm like, what, right, what, right, 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 right. What is this? Here? That's not going to be what I would have said to Jesus. Yeah. I would have screamed and just been like, "That's all you need to hear my screaming." Yes. And one, I'm I'm touched by Jesus meeting them in the storm of their life and thinking there is a, there is a moment even in this tumult that we're all experiencing. Like in your case, I remember the text before was just there had been a tornado. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, yeah and we haven't even had time to process that before something else is happening. Um, right. right. You know what I mean? It's just like the storms are just whipping everybody. The storms of our lives, of our emotions, our relationships and Jesus being in the storm. And I thought, okay, I can, I can take note of this. You're here in the storm. And then Peter getting out of the boat and not walking on, on his bravery, but walking on the word that Jesus gave him. And it's a ridiculous word telling him mm. to come. So I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I'm going to work on the, I'm going to walk on the word right now. And what's the word to my life in this moment? And I'll do that. And my word right now is to serve whoever needs being served. That's it. That's it. He'll take yeah. care of the rest. And that's, I mean, that is living up to the title, ready to rise of going like, I'm going to rise right where I yeah. am. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it says. Gather your community, step into your influence, own your voice. I'm like, Joe, you had no idea that the actual oh. invitation was going to be for the people that you can see out your front door. Absolutely. It's like, are you going to live? Are you going to write the book? Or are you going to live the book? You know, it's, oh. it's that, it's that thing, isn't it? And it's like, I, I mean, I don't know if this is your story, or, and, although I suspect it might be that those titles that you come up with suddenly come back at oh, you. Yeah. And it's, there's a moment, okay, I can't change these circumstances and this is not how I planned, but is God still faithful? Is there mm-hmm. still something people need to hear in this moment? And when I was first thinking of this book, it was a kind of joyful, like, yay, let's get ready to rise. Let's go. Woo, 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 kind of my ambitions yeah. to be a cheerleader still coming out in the weird yep. of ways. And now, and now it's more like, okay, people, this is tough. This is really hard and it's painful and it's costly, but it's time to get ready to rise. It's time yeah. to get ready to rise on behalf of the vulnerable in your community. It's time to get ready to rise on the lonely neighbor. It's time to get ready to rise. And you have nothing left. You have nothing mm-hmm. left, but he will get you. And But we need your voices in this moment because who else is going to be the hope bringer? Who else is going to be the right. helper that um, right. Mr. Rogers used to talk about? Who else is going to be that person? And, mm-hmm. and your help might, you may feel you've got nothing to give, but actually if you're giving, if your generosity feels like, five loaves and two fish because you've dropped off some food for somebody who needs it. It, it, it goes a long way. It still goes a long way. Mm-hmm. It's still a powerful mm-hmm. thing. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's weird because in some ways the title has come back round to me in a different way now. Yeah. And, and um, good way. In a good way. Yeah. 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 I mean, in a very, when all this passes away, will I still be that woman kind of way? Yeah. When, when everything is stripped. And, and I think it's, I, whilst none of us invite these kinds of challenges, I think these times where we don't get what we hoped for and we don't get life the way we intended are very revealing of who we are. Mm. They're very, relieved, very yeah. revealing of the idols that we hold that we called yeah. ideals. They're very revealing of the good stuff and the strength in our character as well. They're very illuminating mm. about what really matters to you. Um, yeah. And, and, and who really matters and to you? Who really matters Who's, to you? Who are you making time to FaceTime? And who are you, you yeah. know? Oh my gosh. Not yeah. just that sit in the group of dinner that you're used to the six people yeah. that always eat together. Totally. Yeah. And what, um, yeah, so no, that's what, that, I think that's what it, it's just been one of these moments. And I think it is one of these 
time standing still moments for us as people, as human beings, as men and women, as those of us who would call ourselves Christians. It's a time standing still moment where we're like, okay, so who are we now? And what will we do with you? Yeah. Um, For for the audience's sake, because this story seems to change you know, at such a fast clip. Yeah. I do want to tell, we're recording this the week before Holy Week. This is coming out right after Easter. Mm -hmm. But Joe, from what you're seeing so far, can you give us, we've had a couple of friends on, like Ellie Holcomb, Charles Martin, who are kind of giving us the like, Christian's pastor eye view Mm -hmm. of what's going on in the world around us. Can you give us the prophet eye view? Can you kind of... (laughs) looking down on the globe, what what are you experiencing in your quiet times? What are you hearing God say? Like, what do you know about what's going on on the planet right now and what we need from it? Um, Sorry, that's such a big question, but I feel like you always have those answers. (laughs) You're amazing. You're so kind. What I'm aware of, the maps that we used to use won't work anymore. The GPS won't matter anymore. These are like, it's the maps don't work. And the landscape is completely different now. Yeah. And we have a chance. We have a, we have a choice and a chance in this moment. Will we be in our, it's understandable to grieve. Like we said before, completely legit to grieve, absolutely necessary yep. to grieve the losses because it's not like everything we've lost is terrible. Some things are beautiful and wonderful and good. But mm-hmm. for us as, as we in this moment, what will we be nostalgic or will we be prophetic in this moment? Will we, mm. will we look back on what was comfortable and easy? We can't meet as church in the way that we used to. We can't meet as friends in the way that we used to. And we don't know how long for and how long. The, but what will, what will we be when this is over? I was reflecting like when this is all over, who do we want to be? Who will we choose to be when this yeah. is all over? If the, and and if, this, if, if there gets to a point where, where it's like you're free to open your door, Will we remember the fault lines of inequality that have been revealed by this time? Mm. Do you I mean, will we remember that? What, tell me more about that. What what kind of inequality are you seeing? I think in terms of the like, I, like I was saying with my kids in school, I was thinking, you know what? Yeah. We are blessed in our district. We are blessed, and I'm so grateful for such thoughtful, kind, gracious people. But not every teacher has those resources. And there are teachers around the country who would love to give their kids all these things, who are going beyond the call of duty, beyond the call of their capacity to to serve. Will we will we advocate for their resourcing in some way Mm. when when we think about the the food that we're getting and we go and get fresh fruit? Will We think of those who have picked it while we've been locked in our homes. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Or will we later on say these are people stealing our jobs? You know, it's like, well, Wow. You know, what, when, when this is over, will we care? Uh, you, know, you know, it's so good to get outside right now. Will we care about the planet when we get out again? <laughs> Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Will we, will we love, I'm not yeah. telling you all to hug a tree, but maybe pat it on the back or something. It's, it's been a while. Right. <laughs> right. And I mean, just the difference you're seeing. And did you see that picture? Someone put out a picture today of uh, uh, the skyline of LA in December yeah. and the yeah. skyline of LA today. Yeah. And how you can see all the buildings. Yeah. Like, are we going to care about yeah. this? still and appreciate this and make changes or how much of us will jump back into, okay, now that we can go, let's go. I mean, I think about that in our personal lives too. Like I haven't had an evening activity in 18 days, (laughs) right? Like I've been in my bed in the tens for 18 days. What will I go back to after this? Because some of this has been really 
life-giving. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird feeling, isn't it? The conflicting kind of like, this is terrible. And yet I'm seeing some things in me and around my life that I forgot and I missed. Yes. Yes. And it, we just, we don't, we didn't know, I didn't know how much slow, how much I thrived in slowness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm seeing that when the world releases us, when the government releases us to go back to being, I don't think we'll actually go back. I think this is a new normal, like yeah. after 9-11. I agree. But when we go to the new normal where we are allowed to leave our houses, our homes, what who will I be? Yeah. Will we rush again? I I noticed myself in the first couple of days of the stay-at-home orders and stuff, rushing. And I'm like, where am I rushing to? I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the hurry, right. though? You're not, going, That's right. not, you're not going anywhere. And I thought, yeah. well, the hurry is within me. The hurry, mm. the, the drivenness is within me Joe. in this moment for all kinds of reasons. All kind, The drivenness is within me, and this is an opportunity to stop. Will I embrace that? And this is an enforced opportunity to stop and to care about something different and to not miss the world that's happening before my very eyes, the neighborhood that's happening before my very eyes, because I'm too busy doing what I feel that should be done. Do I want to? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Annie, when when it's over, do we want to go back? Well, today I do, but I don't think I do. There no. has to be. My yeah. fear, Joe, is that I'm going to find a new normal where I go. Okay, I was home seven nights a week. Mm-hmm. My life was this quiet and simple. I'd like half of that. Yeah. And so I start by going, okay, three nights a week. I'm four nights a week. I stay home and have a slower life. And then I go, oh, but da, 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 and all of a sudden yeah. I'm back to, I'm back to it. It's surreal, that's my isn't fear. It? That's the unnerving part of it. It's because it's so easy. And and at the time, certain things were necessary. So it's it's almost like what's the new normal and what's the new necessary in the yeah. future. And I'm not yeah. sure what that is. I think I think, but I do think we as family units and when I say family unit I'm from a family which was not kind of 2.4 kids and nuclear it's Uh extended uh not even all our people are blood relatives in our family but so so when I say family when we look at our family units our community units what 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 are we going to choose and I think there'll be just questions for us to ask about ourselves Uh I think there'll be that I I hope that it will invite us to reflect on that now for some of us there are other things that there are job losses and there are there is a loss of loved ones and I mean the landscape is decimated and so the grief right. journey won't will will go on long after we finally get to go outdoors right. on a regular basis. Right. Will and, but for those of us for, for whom that's not part of our story, will we have run off and left them behind, or will we be? Right. Do you know what I mean? We'll be like, yeah, back. Right, right. Will the disparaging difference between the rich and the poor be exaggerated because yeah. of this, mm-hmm. or will we will we turn turn inward and to each other instead? Yeah. Yeah. What can we be doing right now, Joe? What does the spiritual disciplines look like right now that get us better prepared for who we want to be on the other side of this? I mean, my hope is, I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about this and I, I'm thinking there is an invitation for us to practice prayer in a particular way. But I think there's even a posture Ooh. in that. In, t- in terms of, will we walk out with a greater dependency on, on God? And a great, yeah. and, and when I say that, I don't just mean like, are you praying more? I mean, is there a raw honesty about your in, in your relationship with God? It's almost a quality thing rather than a amount thing. Uh, like, yeah. are you? Uh, can you, will, will we come out of this saying, I I've talked out everything, everything, every sorrow, every grief, every anger, every hope, every dream. I talked it out. I, I've actually, enge- I've wrestled with God on this. Mm-hmm. That would be my hope for us. My hope for us is that there'd be in some 
and I know we're doing the social distancing spatially and physically, but that in terms of a practice as a discipline, is there somebody in our life we are doing life with, talking this out with? Mm. Have we mm-hmm. found a place to process pain and disappointment? Yeah. Um, bef- yeah. Have yeah. we found a person? And and for some of us, that actually may need to be a professional. That may need to be yeah. a therapist, a psychologist, someone. For some of us, it may be the the smaller disappointments and and or the or the daily things that we're processing with friends and loved ones. But is that going to be part of our our spiritual practice? Because I think life, I think relationships are spiritual. I think life is spiritual. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wonder that. And I and I do. I, I think that's something that we can be thinking of now. And, and practicing now because we need it now. We need yeah. each other. We need people now. We need, we, we need the kinds of conversations where we know that we're known and see somebody else fully as well. So talk to me about the changing in prayer and what prayer looks like mm-hmm. right now when we're, because one of the goals for me in this, what we're, you know, we're being told April 30th, as of right now, the beginning of April, we're being told April 30th is how long we'll most likely be in this. And yesterday I thought to myself, I wonder, I wonder what it would take for me to be better, better, a better prayer Mm -hmm. at the end of this. Yeah. And what would, what would you say is the new practice of prayer and the new ways that we can grow in our prayer life? I mean, in some ways, on some of this stuff, it's probably quite old school, really, and not new at all. But I think there are, I think when we have, I think it's worth us looking at our days and what does it look like to build a rhythm of prayer individually, but also community wise. Oh, interesting. Uh, that, That for those of us who maybe adhere to the prayer and we lean really heavily into the community, what does it look like to do it on our own? For those of us who lean on our own, what does it look like to do community and to build that muscle? And bec- and I would encourage us to, to, to see these things as habits, as training, but rather than yeah. things that we achieve in this time, because training we know is rubbish. Do you know what I mean? You're ter- <laughs> you know what I mean? You, yes. You, it, it's, we're thinking you're training for a marathon in all of this stuff. You're not, and and that means it doesn't look good. It's not glamorous, but it actually, you're building muscle, you're building discipline. And so I would encourage us to, and it may take a while because we're lit, because every part of our life is a new normal. Working out the the time for you is going to be, it may take a while. It may take a couple of weeks even to work out the best time to pray, but experiment anyway. And then think, what do you want to say to God? What would you say to God if you didn't feel obliged to say the nice things? Oh, Joe. What would you say? Say that. Because it's not like he doesn't know. But what are the questions you have for God? What what does real honesty look like in the presence of God? I think that's that's worth considering. And that's worth, where do you just want to say, God, I'm so tired of this and I'm so lonely and I'm hurting and I'm vulnerable and I'm I'm just really disappointed right now. I'm disappointed in you right now. Yeah. You know, because that, because I think, you know, like we have those friendships, those relationships are forged because we've been through stuff with them. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for in our relationship with the Lord. That's what I'm hoping for in this time, that there's something that grows with me and God because we've been through this together. Um, oh, that makes so much. It's almost like a ba- in a battle together. Yeah. Where you're all beside each other in this battle. You're beside yeah. each other and you've looked each other in the eye and you're like, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't want to be here and I'm really sad about this or I'm really thankful for this and I'm grateful to you for this and I'm humbled by, by these things. I think that would be good, but I think in our, in our prayer life together with others and I, and again, that's going to look different for all of us. What that looks Mm -hmm. like in our family units. Like I, I, I have two teenage girls and one husband. I cannot believe (laughs) they're both teenagers. I know it's ridiculous. Wow. 
ridiculous yes. and um they we sat down and we we kind of do a family devo and they just cried that was the mm. prayer time because they're like I miss yeah. my friends I miss my friend that's all I've got I miss my friends uh, but we had to hold that space hold their grief and hold it before the Lord and say God this is not what they hoped for yeah this is not the this was not the dream they're both athletes and they're both watching all their tournaments cancelled and all their travel and all that kind of stuff and they're and they're just sad they're just really yeah. sad. And it's yeah. like, can, can, can I, and I don't need you to say it, but I believe in Jesus in the end. I don't, he doesn't need that from you. Just come yeah. with, come as you are. Yeah. Come as you are. Yeah. And that's, that's what our, our neat and tidy family prayer time looked like on Sunday. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. How do you have the girls, have y'all done that for their whole lives? I mean, I would imagine, or is that just something you started because we were in quarantine? You know what? I, I, I realized there are a few habits we started a few months ago that I didn't realize were so good for quarantine. You know, so normally yeah. we used to just pray with them at bedtime and that would be our main devotional time. But then they are like, you don't have to, we don't want you to tuck us into bed. Thanks. Bye. So right. <laughs> we got kicked out. And so yep. it was probably about six months ago when I'm like, we need a good rhythm. We just need a rhythm. Like we, we kind of talk and pray and chat, but we need a rhythm where we sit down, we open the Bible together specifically and and it was as the kids start as their sport kicked in and it just got more and more active and, and I was yeah. traveling I'm like but this is our time this is the time when you, your friends sure. are wel welcome any other time but this is our time and so now that rhythm's in place so it's just what we do there's a specific place in the house we sit together in and that's where I mean we sit there at other times but we know if we're going to do a family devo we all head to that space and say mm. this is where we sit our dog joins us. He's particularly unhelpful during that time. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine. He's very I'd imagine that's not his in, finest hour. No, it's really his ugliest hour as an animal. Like, <laughs> it's just really unfortunate. <laughs> he just is weird <laughs> in that moment. But, uh, but it's become our space where we talk to God, we listen to God, we read and laugh and weep. And it's not even long, but it's been one of these rhythms and these check-ins that we do. And as the quarantine thing came, it's like, okay, we know where to go. Let's head. Let's head to those yeah, spaces. That's uh, really interesting. And that. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation to share about one of our amazing partners, Kitsch. I know you guys love talking about some good hair products and they say that hair care is the new skincare, but there's one brand that is taking it to the next level. Kitsch has created game-changing essentials beauty enthusiasts are swearing by. From satin pillowcases to time-saving towels, Kitsch knows hair care doesn't stop in the shower. I have the heatless curlers and y'all... They actually work. I was so impressed. I just wrapped my hair around the curlers before bed, and when I woke up, I had really cute curls that stayed curled. Plus, it was, like, comfortable to sleep in. It was not a problem at all. These are the originals, you guys, the OG and the best heatless curlers. Don't settle for the knockoffs when you can get the ones that started the craze. Whatever your budget, your skin type, your hair type, Kitsch has something for you. They are self-funded, female-founded, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. Kitsch's bestsellers include their satin pillowcases, caps, and eye masks, satin that's vegan and cruelty-free, which I think is awesome, and they're so great great for your hair and skin while you sleep. Right now, Kitsch is offering my friends 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash that sounds fun. That's right. 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch. That's M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H.com slash that sounds fun. One more time. That's mykitsch.com slash that sounds fun for 30% off your order. And one more amazing partner I get to tell you about, Haya Health. Okay, this one is for my mini BFFs. Listen, I want all of us to stay healthy. 
including my mini BFFs. But I know getting them to take their vitamins can be a, a struggle. They're only interested in something that tastes good. And that's where Haya Health comes in. Typical children's vitamins contain sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and junk growing kids just don't need. But Haya Health is pediatrician approved and a superpower chewable vitamin. Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, but tastes great. And it's perfect for those picky eaters. It's formulated with the help of nutritional experts impressed with the blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals that help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, and more. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door, so parents have literally one less thing to worry about. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You guys get 50% off your first order, 5-0, y'all. To claim this deal, you have to go to HayaHealth.com slash fun. This deal isn't available on their regular website. It's just for our friends. So you go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash that sounds fun and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, now back to our TSF Hall of Fun conversation with Joe. That sounds fun. So some mama is listening and they just celebrated Easter and- all sat together for church, but maybe it's the first time they've all sat together for church in all of this because it was Easter. Yeah, totally. What do you keep doing for your family or a dad listening, either one Mm. or grandmother, whoever is raising some people? Yeah. How do you, how do you keep a little bit of a rhythm going and why does it matter? I mean, it seems like my family didn't do that growing up. So Mm. I've never been in a family that did devotionals as a family. Yeah, me neither. And I think it was more, I've realized that rhythms and our habits or whatever we practices, disciplines in, in life tend to be the things that we live by. I, I, uh. I, you know, there was that book, James Clear's Atomic Habits, which was a bestseller. And he, he said, you know, you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. And oh, um, wow. I know, oh, right? Wow, wow, and I'm wow. just like, and I read it and I'm like, Jesus, did you have to come with me as I was reading this book though? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, right. well, I feel a little bit got at because, you know, right. I feel a little bit touched by this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, and, and, I, and I look and I think, what are the things I, what, when I look at my life and what I come back to in time, their habits that were formed ages ago. And they weren't, again, they weren't things I was good at. They were just ones that I did. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and, and so yeah. I, would, I would say to our, like, keep it simple, keep it short, keep it regular. Yeah, keep it simple, keep it short, keep it regular. Okay. And, uh, and, um, and, you know, I have my notions of, like, me and the children having these five-hour devotions every day. That's never going to happen because yeah. my kids are like, seriously? What are you? What, what are you trying to do to me? But um, yeah. but these rhythms where we check in, they they're used to the language of the checking in. So there are some like you know like sometimes even at the table, it's like, what are your highs, what are your lows. Now that's very intentional on my part because I'm like, what are we thankful for? Where are we really at? So even yeah. when we just go highs and lows, what, I mean basically, what's the mountain top in your life and what's the valley? It's all you know, it's it's all word, but it's just yep. finding the language and. Finding finding the language that we can do with our friends, that we can do with our colleagues, we can do with our employees. What's the high? What's the low? That is just a regular check-in. But once it's got a common language, people can share it together as well. Yeah, the some of my friends, the Hodges, Kate and David, they do wows and pals. Yeah, every night at dinner. And when you eat with them, you just do it with them. It's just like it's not you're in. Yeah, Yeah, because I'm not one of their daughters, but Mm -hmm. when I sit at the table with them, they're like, okay, Annie, what are your wows and your pals from today? And everyone cares. 
Yeah. They all like, listen, all, even the kids, listen, they like yeah. care, even though I'm not there every night. It's funny, isn't it? The, the patterns that you can bring in and you can develop, but they are, they strengthen us. And I think those habits build us through, um, build us for the good times and the bad times. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And it just seems that especially if you're starting a new faith journey with your family, or if it's you and your roommates, or if it's you by yourself, there's, you know, there's She Reads Truth, there's He Reads Truth, there's all these resources they'll give you just that keeping it simple and short and regular that are, that is such a, something Pastor Kevin always says Mm -hmm. is when you're trying to have a quiet time, have a place and a plan. Yeah. If you'll have a place you always go and a plan you always do, you'll go. Yeah. There's something in it. There's something in it. It's worth it. Where do you read in your house? Where do you spend time with the Lord? Um, Mine's in my office. I have a red chair that my husband got me on my 40th birthday. And that's my, Uh I um, and I have a friend who, I have a prayer call that I do with a friend early. We're, We're both early morning people. And we, again, we've done that. Y'all call every morning? We do three mornings a week. We do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, except when I'm traveling. And we started it about six, seven years ago when there was a different crisis. And uh, and, uh, we just never found a reason to stop. Right. And it's again, it's half an hour. We and we we a lot of that time is just talking about where we're at and what's happening in our families. We've used it. We've prayed for all kinds of things in that time. But but I go to the chair. I go to that chair and I sit there and that's my reading spot. That's yeah. and, and the other place, sometimes when I'm out, if I'm walking, there are particular routes that I might walk and things like that as well. But they yeah, I just think the fuel, they're, they're my engine room, you know? Yes, that's it. My sword, I have a khaki colored chair with black swirls on it and I bought it in, oh, I don't know, Joe, I probably bought it in 2005, maybe. Nice. And the pattern is so old. I mean, you just look <laughs> at the pattern, you're like, no one would buy that pattern. But I have so many moments connected to that chair. Yeah. yeah. And I can recover it. Of course I can. And I can use my money that way when I want to, but wh- I know my swirly chair yeah. and I've met God. He has met me is the real truth in that swirly chair yeah. for a lot of years. Yeah. And but- there's just something that in moments like this, when, when the world has turned upside down, mm-hmm. my swirly chair is an anchor that God yeah. has always been the same. Totally. And I, I and it, it may be that for some of us right now, that our big next step is to find our swirly chair. Do you know what I mean? To find yeah. our walk, to find our pathway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's an incredible part of your journey. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having that, um, that's what people, after I got quarantined a little bit earlier than everybody mm, else. Yes. When mine was ending, when most people's was starting. Oh my gosh. And luckily I got to just keep going, Joe. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I got to just keep going. Oh my goodness. But what people said, what'd you learn? And I was like, y'all, I've been out for four minutes. But <laughs> mm. the thing that did come very true to me very quickly was that Jesus has always been Jesus. Yeah. And the Bible has always been the Bible. Yeah. Like, Oh, I like read Luke two one day and just fell to tears mm. because I was like, I read that at Christmas wow. and it was as true at Christmas as it is right now. Yeah, It's my, the world is just different today yeah. than it was at Christmas. My gosh. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. The things that again, anchor the anchor yeah, there. anchors. Yeah, that's right. Have you experienced that with your husband too? Like being trapped with family is so different than being trapped alone. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, we are very different personalities. Our family members are. And I think yeah. there has been those, like we've almost gone tag on the crisis. So who's feeling it today? <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, who do you need to so tag in, tag out? Who's got the capacity today? Who hasn't? 
and and we've said you know what are the what are their habits what you and I need to revisit like we take a walk in the day and stuff and is that you know what do we need to thrash out pray out cry out talk out that's just even when it's snowing Joe y'all take walks even when it's snowing I do because of the dog are so hardcore yes it's brutal I mean there there was there was a time when it was like minus 60 and stuff where I'm like yeah no but um Uh but other times yeah and and it's been a really mild winter this year praise god yeah Praise God, yeah. looking for blessings in the middle of this. That's there is right. No That's, right. So That's right. I'm grateful. Uh, okay, speaking of working out and yeah. getting on walks, can we talk about your love for your Peloton? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it so much, Eddie. You love, it, love so it so much. much. This show is not brought to you by Peloton yet. No, but, but I'm telling Joe, you, Joe, you're making me think it's a great idea. You seem to, you seem to thrive on the, and this is what I learned from Insta story. So you can totally correct me if I'm wrong, but you seem to like totally thrive as that being a part of your exercise routine. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really do. And I'm, I'm, again, this is one of those things that I'm really grateful for now. And we got it about a year or so ago and I, and we've been talking about it on and off just because the winters here are so brutal. You don't always want to drive outside and you don't even want to drive to the gym necessarily. Yeah. And so I'm like, and I, uh, the irony is I can't really, I'm not even very good at riding a bike, an actual bike, but I thought I need something intense. I need something intense because I know myself where I can just, it's good for my emotional health and mental health just to have something which kind of puts it all out there. And for yep. a while, I've got to be honest, for a while when I got it, when I bought it, I was like, this is really hard and it's going to become a really good clothing horse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I just kind of covered it. And then I, at a, again, at the start of the year, before we knew that 2020 was 2020, uh, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I just thought it's time to get back into it. And it has just been this life-giving way. Of, I mean, some of it's just the fun and the silliness of it, of listening to music that I haven't listened to yet for years. Some of it is just the working up the sweat and just processing the pain and the frustration or the excitement of the day. Some of it, I mean, the weird thing is you've got the headphones and no one else can, you, they can just hear the, they can't hear the music. They just hear me like, yes. Right. And my kids are right. like, mom, why have you just woken me up with your yes? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's been a lifeline in, in other times as well. And I think now with various restrictions that we've been going through in the quarantine season, as it were, it's just been a real gift to to do and and I, yeah i just i just love it i mean i you know i'm not anticipating like there is going to be no before and after on my body annie do you know what i mean there is not that's be, right do you know what i mean I, that's not what i'm here for because i like yep. my food so yes. <laughs> so that i'm not anticipating that but it's it's just been very good for me i mean talk a little bit about that joe because i think we don't talk a lot about bodies and food and all that mm-hmm. stuff here just because it's very hard to have a nuanced healthy conversation exactly. for so many different bodies it's so it's but, so true. But what we do know is that movement is really good for us. Yes. And it's movement is good for our minds and our well-being. Yes. yes. Will you talk a little bit about that? How has your spiritual life been impacted and how has your mental life been impacted yeah. by because we don't have to talk about changing pant sizes or how you're no. eating different or da da da. No. But I'm I mean, when the only thing I was allowed to do for two weeks was walk outside for an hour a day, I walked outside for an hour a day. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> you know? So and it and it does how does it affect your mental and yeah. spiritual life? Totally. Well, it, I think it hit home the big the first time it began to hit home for me was when I had my second daughter and um and I had postpartum depression in that time. And, mm. and the doctor said to me, he goes, Joe, um, he goes, I, I'm, I can prescribe stuff for you, but honestly, there are three things you need. He goes, take the prescription, exercise, see a therapist. That's, that's wow. your whole prescription. Your right. whole, he goes, I, he goes, I never want to give you antidepressants on its own. 
I want you to have huh. it in conjunction. And, and um, other doctors have said similar things. He goes, I want it in conjunction with her exercise and stuff. He goes, it's just going to be good for you. He goes, trust me, it's going to be good for you. And, I, and so I've come to see it as part of my mental well-being more, really. And oh, okay. just as a way of refreshing my mind. And, and, then, and at first it wasn't even about like, I, I wasn't necessarily praying during it. And, and at that time I was running, and, which is another thing I love, I love to do. And it was, okay. it's not so much about whether I didn't like running at school or anything. It, I literally took up running after I had my kid. And, but I think what it was, was just the, it was a way of praying and talking and giving the emotions to God and listening to podcasts and all. <laughs> there's something yeah. physicality about it. Like in the same way you talk about, there's a place in terms of prayer and stuff. I think yeah. I, and I'm, I'm sure some of it was getting used to my ever changing body, you know, sure. and everything right. going South. And my, right. <laughs> and some of it was that. And it, and again, over the years in times of crisis, when I've needed to think something out or when a, there's been a conversation I need to have and I don't know if there's too much of me in it, do you know what I mean? There's too much emotion. I often go for a run. I often go and say, let's just mm. get out the intensity in yes. this physical way and then see what you feel. And there have been conversations that have not happened because of that run. There have been, there's been revelation that's come and a clarity because the fog has cleared in my mind. And, and there has been a reckoning with my own body and saying, you know what, Joe, you're 46. So yeah. I don't know. We need to be thinking about us. We, I'm, I mean, I want to be well and I want to be healthy, but I don't know that right. I'm, <laughs> I don't know that I'm ever going to be skinny again. Do you know what I mean? I think that was, that was yeah. a previous era. And can, am I good with that? Can I love my body as it is? Yeah, can I, is it, is it enough? And there have been can ways. Can we be kind to our body how it is today? Can, can you. And not, can and not say, I promise I'll be kind to you when you're different. Do you know what I mean? Will you buy yourself new clothes when you've lost mm. them? Or will you buy yourself mm-hmm. stuff now? Because you need it. Will you. Right. All of those things. And so there has been this ongoing journey of embracing. I think I've had to embrace, learn how to embrace my body at different phases of my life. And, but also I've realized that as I've worked out, it's helped me embrace my mind as well. Yes. And I just, engage. I love going on walks. And when I get back, I always have words. Yeah. Either there's mm-hmm. someone I need to talk to. Yeah. And this happens a lot when I go hike at Radnor Lake here in Nashville, where I'll go and I'll listen to a sermon podcast. Or if I need something more loosey goosey, I'll listen to a funny podcast, like yeah. the Popcast or something like that. That's just yeah. killer <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then I get back to my car and I go, you know what? That's it. I know what I needed exactly. to write next in that book. Or I know what I need to, this decision just came to me. Or this thing I was praying mm-hmm. that I know what God wants me to do next. Like there's something about, and it's also because I can't look at my phone the whole time. Yeah, totally, totally. And there is a, and um, there is a question I love to ask. I threw it in the book, but partly because I'll, I'll throw it almost into any talk now. And I ask yeah. the question: If your body could speak to you, what would it want to say? Oh, that'll make me cry. You if know, you think too hard about that. What would it? Would it want? Would it want me to say? You know, there have been times my body has said, "You need sleep." You just need some yeah. sleep or could you call yeah. a doctor, please? Or would yes. you just love me as I am? Or would you treat me better? Mm. Uh, and, and I think, and I, and I would say to us in times of pressure and uncertainty, it's a good question because sometimes we, we are busy taking care of everybody else. And a number of us in this quarantine season and in, as we're working from home, have got responsibilities we did not anticipate having either for our employees yeah. or for our community and or whatever, that we may not be looking after ourselves as well as we should. And I don't mean, therefore, do a 5K. I just mean, ask your body yeah. what it needs. I'm not yes. saying, uh, uh, if your body could speak to you, what would it want to say to you? Because you have one body oh, and your life, your, your friendships, your, your leadership lives in that one body. So take care yeah. of it. 
man, your leadership lives in this one body. Yeah. Yeah. In this one body. That's, uh, there, someone, I can't, forgive me that I can't remember who, it may be Hillary McBride, but someone I re- recently read had written, your body doesn't know how to lie. Yeah. I know. And, and so then you go like, oh, yeah. if I'm tired, I should just believe myself. (laughs) If I'm hungry, I should just believe myself. If my legs are aching because I've been sitting too long, I should just believe myself. And, and at some point men and women, but more women, I know, but men too, we stopped believing our bodies when, when our body was saying, look what I can do. Look at, I'm beautiful. I'm strong. And we started saying, well, I don't care what you say. I'm looking over there and that's Mm -hmm. telling me what my body's supposed to say. Yeah. This is what my, or we push, we punish our bodies to keep up. And say, look, I've got yeah. to go. I've got a career to build. I've got a calling to fulfill. Ooh. Get over it. Get over it. Come right. on, keep up. Keep up with what my spiritual goals are. Keep up with what my <laughs> insecurities yeah. are. Keep up with with these things. And we and we tell it to to get in line. And it will for a while. For a while. Yeah. For a while. For a yeah, while. That's right. For a while. I mean, that's at some point your body will start telling you back the truth yeah. if, if louder than you wanted it to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes rather unceremoniously as well. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? That's right. Because I think one of the things I love about your leadership, Joe, and I do consider you a pastor voice, a leader voice oh, in my life you. is you, you model for us in your book and ready to rise in your other books and in your Insta stories and in your teaching, like you are a full person and all your areas of life need attention. It doesn't mean you don't get to rest. It doesn't mean you don't get days off in front of Netflix. It just mm. means like you can't ignore your body and expect to be able to do everything God's called you to do for yeah. the next 50 years. Totally. But you also can't ignore your spirit and you can't ignore your emotions and you can't ignore your mind. Like we have to let everyone walk forward together. Yes. Yes, we do. And and I think that that's uh, that's the reality of our leadership. Do you know what I mean? That And you know, so many of us are leading in ways which may not have a title. We might even feel comfortable calling ourselves a leader, but we have responsibilities. And to do, yes. and, we, and we have responsibilities. Everyone's leading somewhere. Oh, Everybody's leading somewhere. Somewhere or something. And we want to do it the best we can. And, the, yeah. and sometimes I've relegated the best we can to being brave enough or courageous enough or mm. loud enough and having or feeling like that was authority and all that kind of stuff and not and neglected these things which actually determine our capacity way more than we would care yeah. to admit. Our emotional right. well-being matters. It does. It matters because you're God's kid. It matters yes. because you're a human being. And so you don't, you don't need to push your broken pieces of your story to the side because you have a job. You, what you yeah. need to do is because you have a job, because you care about your life and because you're important, get the help you need to process those things. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to share about another amazing partner, Simple Modern. Okay, who's already started shopping for back to school supplies or getting everything you need to head off to college? As you get yourself ready for the fall, you've got to check out Simple Modern. I bet you've seen their super popular 40 ounce Trek tumbler with the handle on social media, which has been so perfect for the summer. They're actually one of the top drinkware providers to Target, Walmart, and Amazon. But did you know they also have backpacks and drinkware and lunch boxes and so 
so much more. And they even have fun designs and partners like Disney and Marvel. And y'all, I ordered their reusable zip-up snack bags that have unicorns on them. I'm dying. They are so cute. They are so cute. And here's what I also love. Simple Modern gives 10% of their profits to nonprofits that are committed to causes like solving the water crisis, fighting human trafficking, education, ending homelessness, and helping underprivileged communities. I just love that. So go to simplemodern.com slash that sounds fun. And when you share your email, you'll get a unique discount code that's just for you. And you can bundle and save for back to school. This can be your go-to brand for your family. That's simplemodern.com slash that sounds fun. Okay, just making sure you know this as well. Every month on my website, we highlight a book of the month, offer a little something free for you to go with it. And this month, we are talking about Speak Love, one of the books I've written for teen girls about how to use our words well, what to do when people are unkind with their words, and how we can build up. I mean, the scripture says our words have the power of life and death. And so this month, we've made a little something for those teenagers in our lives, our teen BFFs, if you will. I know heading back to school in the next month or two can bring up a lot of emotions. And even without that, being a teenager is just hard. It is just hard. I remember. (laughs) So we made some scripture cards for your teen to print and cut out and hang on their mirror or tape in their notebook. And just to give a little reminder of how to speak love to themselves and others as they go about their day. And hey, I think we all need those reminders. The Bible is for all of us, right? So head to AnnieFDowns.com and you just drop your email into that pop-up that appears to download those speak love cards for you and for your teen. That's where you do it. It's so easy. And think about who in your life could use a copy of Speak Love as well. Maybe there's a little fun back to school gift someone needs that you could put together the free printed out cards and a copy of the book. That's AnnieFDowns.com and look for that pop-up. And then Speak Love is available autographed at ShopAnnieFDowns.com. And it's also available wherever you love to buy books. So now let's go back and finish up our TSF Hall of Fun conversation with Joe. So I'm hearing a mom who has three little kids. She's at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. She's trying not to touch anything. She's got three little kids. She's trying to keep everybody healthy going like, Joe, I don't, how do I even have time to work on my leadership or to step into the things I want to step into and to take care of my body and to have a quiet time? Like, how do I do this? And you've done it. Totally. And And first of all, I would say the time with young kids was the hardest the hardest. Yeah. And, uh, but I would say there are a number of things that I did. One is one, I had to switch off all the things that told me I needed to do everything all at once. Um, because sometimes uh, I felt the pressure of it. That was one piece that helped me. Another was yeah. village, 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 village. You can't do it all by yourself. Um, yeah. and so one of the key things I did and, and that I'm ve- I did accidentally was to build a couple of key relationships with people. Um, mm. And not necessarily in the same phase of life as you, um, yeah. not necessarily with the same marital status as you. My best, my longtime best friend is a single woman. Um, and she speaks into my life like everybody else does. Um, and yeah. more so because she knows me better than anybody, almost anybody else does. So I'm not, I, I'm not saying you need to find people just like you. That's not what I'm saying, but you do need a, a, a village of relationships. So, because if you need a break, sometimes someone else has got to hold that kid for you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you, you know, need- that's one of my favorite spots is mm-hmm. the witching, the witching hour. That five o'clock when I leave work, yeah. I love going to my friends' houses with kids and being like, give me an out. Like, I'll do it. Let yeah. me sit here. And the mom's tired and I'm lonely. I've been by myself all day. It's, it's the dream 
pairing. It is. And I think one of the things that I remember as a, when my kids were particularly young is I, I, I sometimes held back because I was so tired. I thought, I don't want to put this on anybody else. Uh-huh. I don't want to put, I don't want to ask for help. When I was single, I didn't want to ask for help because I didn't want to put me, I don't want to be a bit, I had all this fear of being a burden to somebody else. Uh-huh. And because I was afraid of being a burden, I didn't ask. And I would encourage us, rather than listen to the fear of being a burden, do the asking. Yeah. Do the asking, good. no matter who you are. If you're a leader responsible for 30,000 people, do the asking. Ask for help. You need a yeah. village. You need, there's yeah. this, um, there's a theory, um, it's, it's, it was coined the great man theory by a guy called Thomas Carlyle, who believed that history, moments in history were made by key individuals. And on one level, we look through history and we see big figures like a Nelson Mandela or a Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, and we see big figures. But actually, when you look at their stories, you see communities around them. Wow. Movements of people. William Wilberforce yeah. didn't do one thing on his own. Like, there was communities of people. There's always yeah. been a village of, lead, of, of helping people ac- accomplish goals. Um, but we have often only reckoned with the one person doing that thing. And, and so we, we look at it. Yeah, because we see one name. Yeah, we, we see, see one, one name, name win the Grammy or whatever, and yeah. we don't listen to all the people they thank no, we don't. in the awards. We just yeah. want them to be quick. And, and actually, there's yeah. a reason why they're thanking those people, because they would not have that award. They would not have that accomplishment without those people yes. involved. Yes. And, and it's a huge part of the story. And you need people who are a huge part of your story, people who will ground you, who will root you, who will be in your house so you can have a shower. Yeah. You yeah. I mean, who yeah. will who will help you with numbers because you're struggling with your budget right now and you don't know how to do it and you're too embarrassed to ask, but they're really good with it. Yeah. That's that's what it means for I think we need a we need a village of people and, and villages take time to build, but I wanna I wanna encourage everybody for um we weren't designed to live this life alone. Yeah. And in isolation. You're hearing so many people say that right now because of COVID nineteen, yeah. of even secular doctors and and psychiatrists going like hey everybody it was it's not supposed to be like this like you're not supposed to be alone whereas i don't know two months ago if anyone would have said that in like a such a knowing way yeah and now they're going like hey science says you aren't supposed to be alone totally and i think people thought it was cute before do you know what i mean it's like oh it's cute yeah you're not meant to be alone but now i mean there's data showing that loneliness and chronic loneliness affects your physical well-being chronic loneliness affects your it can intensify depressive symptoms it can affect your um your sleep patterns it can affect your impulses i mean these, these are huge things so um, and now and now we're maybe because we're feeling it and we're and we're seeing mm. seeing it at large in the world that this isolation and this distancing is happening. Maybe now we realize yeah. we need people more, and yeah. and I hope it invites us to be um, to a greater vulnerability with people now. Yes, that's it. What I would love to do, Joe, because we're running low on time, I would love when we hop over on YouTube, can we talk about friendships between marrieds and singles? Oh, yes. Would love to. I think it's such an important thing that Mm -hmm. everyone wants to get right and everyone's a little scared that they're going to be the one who screws it up. Yeah, totally. So let's, yeah, we'll we'll do that on YouTube. When my friends are listening today and they are going to practice their new prayer spot or their new prayer walk or whatever tomorrow, what do you want us to pray for you? I, my prayer, my, what is my prayer in this moment? My prayer is, I I do believe the landscape is changing. I want to see what the father's doing. I think that is ultimately the thing. And and I do, yeah, I do believe in the message of the book and all that kind of stuff. And I do believe, but I feel it's going to get into people's hands in a different way now. I just, yeah. 
and and I and I believe that the things that maybe that I'd written off as important and more important, the things that I hoped would, would be bigger wouldn't be. But I think my prayer is, Lord, it's over to you. It's over to you. Yeah. And show, show us, and, and I don't just pray it for me, actually. I pray it for us as people who are speakers and all these other things and communicators that we would, we would navigate the landscape in, in courageous and daring ways. Yes. Okay. Yes. And we will ask the Lord to put the right book in the right hands on the right iPad. I mean, thank God our technology allows for books to be read without you leaving your house. Totally. Totally. It's, it's it is a it is a surprising gift how ebooks are are so you know for Holy Week I had a bunch of my friends with me read Charles Martin's book What If It's True and it's like well yeah you can go to your bookstore or download it yeah, <laughs> you know get it on Amazon or download it so we'll just believe that God's going to put your book in all every right hand and you know the people who are ready to rise are going to read it yeah and you know I, there's a timing thing isn't there in terms of what it takes to get ready and so when and and yeah. and in god's economy and god's grace and his time for some people that readiness will be september do, do, that's right do you know what i mean that's right and for some people i mean how many be- times have people bought your books and put them on a shelf and said i didn't pick this up until today but i bought it a year exactly. ago exactly exactly and so that's why I tell people all the time, buy books for your young adults in your life, for the men and women in your life, yeah. and put it on their shelves and trust that God will show, highlight it on the right moment. On the right time. On yeah. the right time. Okay. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Um, you know, I will say one, there's one story from the book I, that, that I want to I wanna highlight. And, um, okay. and it's one woman and uh, a woman who, and it was actually who discovers in, during World War II, her calling. And she was, she, she was functionally illiterate. She was um, struggling through life, making her way, getting, getting places and stuff. Yeah. But it, it, during World War II in England, she first of all helped with the war effort and the auxiliary um, fire service. And then, um, again, a little English history, she, she yeah. started helping, no, I looking, like it. looking after evacuees who were evacuated out of London and began to help. And, and, she, and in many ways, she was not skilled to do all the things you know, but she was available and her life, Mm. her life calling was uncovered in the midst of desperation when the world was turned upside down in tragedy and loss. And that, and she kept on fostering for 20, 30, 40 years. She got an award at 94 for being England's most inspiring learner when she went back to school. Oh my gosh. And that, and she got, she did her uh, national six, her national exams in English, math and computer science of all things. And, oh my gracious. And I'm compelled by her story again and again, because that to me tells the story of a woman whose life was, you know, uh, you know, in this time of great upheaval, a life that could have gone any direction, but even in the midst of upheaval, uh-huh. God works his purposes out. And I also tell the story because she was my foster mother. Wow. And so I, I, oh. I'm reminded in moments like this. Do you know what I mean? The, the, that, it's her story that makes me confident. I don't know what all your people are facing and what they're struggling with, but I do know this. It's not over yet. It's not yeah. over yet. Yeah. Wow. My gosh. Oh, the book is full of those stories. Yes. I'm just ready. Joe, that's incredible. Thank you for writing and preaching and, and leading us so beautifully. I'm so thankful. Oh, thank you. You're so kind. You're so kind. It's an um, honor to be with you. Well, always. It, I feel the same. Um, okay. Well, you know the last question we always ask. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you do for fun. Oh, you mean besides my Peloton? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Besides the bike. <laughs> besides the bike. You know, at the minute, and I'm probably, 
actually, I think one of the things I'm loving right now is connecting with my kids' friends. Um, really? Yeah, That's cool. I do. I mean, before before we were all socially quarantined and things, I used to do the sure. carpool. And I yes. used to say, this carpool is a space for the affirmation of other women. So you're going to say kind things about your friends. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 that's kind of great. Stuff. But now they're all on house party and all these other things, and I pop in right. to all the cool. I, I like, I just lean over the kid's shoulder and stuff. Yeah. And I am loving. <laughs> I'm just loving hearing the life in their voices and their yeah. boredom and all the crazy. And it, it's just funny. It's funny. Well, because how old are your girls now? They are um, 13 and nearly 15. Oh wow! So okay. freshman and seventh grader, and it's, yeah. it's just been so much. I love it just because they're so vibrant and, <laughs> and they're so cynical about certain things and jaded sure. and dramatic, and, stuff. and it's just been funny. It's just been comedy value to pop in. It does mean my kid records her on a TikTok from time to time, which I'm a little bit distressed <laughs> about. And that I, I cannot with TikTok. I can't do it. I can't. I'm scared. I'm going to like it too much and be on it all the time. I know, just too, it is. I, I, they, I, I've dove and I've, I've dived in occasionally and, it, and I've needed to be drawn out. So yeah, yes. it's a lot. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love it. I mean, my, my mom was a similar way. My friend's mom's that liked talking to me and my friends yeah. were the ones that got to know the stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> when you True. think you're when you think the grown up likes you, you tell them things. Yes. Turns out. Yeah, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> turns out. So I'm learning and I'm like, oh, did I want to know all of this? Oh, oh, well, we're here now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're like, now I know. Now I know. Oh, Joe, thanks for doing this. I'm so grateful for oh, you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Oh, you guys, don't you love her? She is one of the best. I mean, she is one of the people I was dying to talk to during those hard weeks and months when we were at home all the time. If you have not read her book, Ready to Rise, make sure you grab a copy or really any of her books. I just could not honor and respect Joe Saxton more. I just think so highly of her. So make sure you're following her online. Tell her thanks for coming back on the show. Okay, so we heard what sounds fun to Joe. Now we get to hear what sounds fun to one of our friends who's listening, just like you. Kristen, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Hi, my name is Kristen Jordan. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. And what sounds fun to me is spending an afternoon baking with my sister. Yes. Um, I'm currently in grad school and she's currently student teaching. So we don't get quite as much quality time these days. So getting to spend a whole afternoon baking with her sounds delightful. And for both of you, baking has got to be such a like brain Sabbath release thing. A hundred percent. Yes. Okay. What's your recipe? Like what's your thing when you're like going to parties or when you're making something for someone who's sick? Do you have like a thing you always bake people? Usually I tend towards cookies or yes, bars, girl. but yes, her and I have been talking about trying to make macaroons. We've never done it before, oh. so I think it would be a fun challenge. <laughs> I I don't know if you know this about me, but I love Spring Baking Championship on That Sounds Fun <laughs> Network, and they have been going yes. hard on those. So you can, yes. you can watch. And I need to tell you, I am really living that gluten-free life because it makes me feel like a tranquilized bear cub to have wheat in my body. Uh-huh. <laughs> so do you, do you have any suggestions for me of how to have baked treats that are gluten-free my sister is actually gluten-free so we often bake gluten-free so we just do the measure for measure gluten-free flour and honestly sometimes I can't even tell the difference okay great that's what I needed you to say because I'm just like when I think about like seven layer bars with like the coconut and all that business right (laughs) I don't I can't live a life where those don't exist in my life a hundred percent but also I cannot have I just need I cannot 
eat gluten in my life. It makes me feel terrible, Kristen. Yes, so, that's okay. how it is for my sister. I understand. Great. <laughs> what a great baking life that you can bake with anything. She makes with gluten-free things, but y'all share a kitchen. Exactly. When it comes time. It's so fun. I bet the yeah. holidays are awesome in your family. <laughs> we do have fun. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes I believe it. Um, great answer. Next time we're in the same place, I hope I get to taste a baked good of yours. That sounds lovely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. Except, you know, not this week, but next week, I'll be back. Don't worry, I'll be back. And don't forget, you can find the That Sounds Fun podcast on Instagram at That Sounds Fun Podcast. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. Y'all have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday with our final TSF Hall of Fun episode featuring our friend Lauren Aikens.